Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, good morning, Matt. Well, hi, Mike. Nice to see you again. It's nice to see you, too. How's it going? Winter, I think, is upon us. It's getting there. <laughs> it's it rattling. It's saber. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it. Uh, it's windy and not very warm. Yeah, it's our five minutes of fall that we're experiencing yeah, right now. Yeah, the leaves have actually changed. Oh, have they have? They have. I haven't noticed. That's yeah, great. Okay. I, I'm going to enjoy this five minutes. <laughs> My fire at home is very warm. Did you start a fire last night? Oh, I did. Right. It's great. Right. I actually turned the furnace on last night, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like heat. My my daughter was like, I like going down at Grandma's because they always have a fire going. Yeah. Your house is cold. See? Those fires, I'm telling you. (laughs) There's something about it. (laughs) Oh, well. So where were we? Oh, we were on the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. And we... Are now about teaching about the law. Yeah, we're in Matthew 5, verse 17. We've covered the most familiar part of it, the Beatitudes. I think yes. almost everybody can say they've heard that at one point of their lives. should have. At least some of it. Right. Uh, now we're going to get into some of the, I would say, points of Jesus' sermon. Right. And this would be point number three, <laughs> if okay. you're taking notes. And so... Christ is talking and he says, uh, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you have ignored the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. So there's a lot there, I think. Um, Yeah. One of the most interesting things I always pull out of that is, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is always talking to them about how they're misunderstanding the law or the heart of God and, and right. you know, how they they give lip service to God. Yet he's saying that their righteousness is something you must exceed. Right. And I guess I never really thought that that was a big, that big of a deal because... I never really considered them very righteous to begin with. But apparently, according to the law, they well, are at the top yes. of the list. Right. But they're about earning and deserving, not believing and receiving. Right. And their, their heart, their, their isn't, heart right. isn't right. Yeah. So they it was a heart th- it's always been a heart thing and always will be. And if your heart isn't right, 
and you think that it's just these things you have to check off the list to get into heaven, then you are a Pharisee. Yeah. And religious spirit. And yeah. It's just like, this is, this is a religion. I have to adhere to these principles. And if I don't adhere to these, this list of, uh, of honeydews on this, li- on this stupid list, then I'm going, I'm going to go to hell. Right. God doesn't want you to check off the list. He wants you to obey the law, of course. He doesn't want you to, to steal or disrespect your parents or kill anyone. But he, he wants your heart to be right, and he wants you to give him your heart. Right. And, it's about relationship. And the Pharisees didn't understand that, and they, they don't understand you need to have a relationship with the Son of God. But it shows me that he's saying their righteousness was apparently top, top of the line. It was something to be exemplified. Right. If you were going by just the law, but, um, but they did it for the approval of others. Also, they didn't necessarily do it for God's approval. They wanted to show how righteous they were to others so they could be glorified. So it it shows me that there's nothing I can do to actually meet this righteousness on my own. Right, because they did it the best of this whatever showy how yeah. look how look how perfect I can be, and yet they still miss the point. Yeah, and, and yet- so Jesus comes and he's saying, "Listen, I am not here to say that the law is pointless. I'm not here to say that it is moot point. It's all going to be fulfilled. But I'm here to be the fulfillment of the prophecy of the letter of the example of what it is. Essentially, I have set up for you." And so, you know, Jesus, this is all he had was the law. He knew who God was through the same law that the Pharisees had, that the Jewish people had. Through all of the history of mankind, this is all Jesus had as well. And so he learned who the Father was through the same law that was passed down generation to generation. Why is that? Because he knew what it was to have the relationship. How many times does it tell us that he went off on his own to a desolate place or an isolated place in order to pray, right. to be with his father, to hear the things that he was saying? And then he would do them. And it was all about faith, faith in the father, faith in the plan, faith in the bigger picture, faith in the relationship. He, he followed this in his faith. Okay, so what about this part where it says, so if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. It's not about, so I kind of said this, I think, before. What, is, what would you consider is the least commandment if there is such a thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. I guess they had an idea, and that's something that we miss out on is what, priority or whatever that they would have put in the law because the, the, the least commandment that you shouldn't eat uh shrimp maybe <laughs> I don't maybe know. pork can't have bacon i don't know is that the least <laughs> commandment but uh i think he's he's making a point that it's it's if you break one part of the law you break it all and if you're teaching people to break the law you're leading people away from me and if you're leading people away from me you're against me. You're against God. That's kind of a big deal. Well, it totally is. 
But I still don't understand what the least commandment is. I want you to. I want. I, I want to ask this we'll question, and I want you to answer it. <laughs> and I think you're 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 do- you're ducking me. Somehow. I don't know the least commandment. There was f- how many four hundred and sixteen or whatever that they followed. How do you keep track of all that stuff? Yeah, I don't know what they would have considered because I wasn't raised in this. I wasn't taught the law the way that the Jewish people were taught the law, the way that the Pharisees upheld the law. I'm in, I'm in American Christianity where we think that it doesn't even matter. Right, and we take it to the other extreme, sure. And, so. and that's not what Jesus is saying either. It's like when you buy a house, you have a contract, the law of the house. I have to make the payment. I have to uh, keep up with uh, all the interest. I have to keep up with all these things. And then when I fulfill the contract, it doesn't mean that the house doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't mean that I still don't have the upkeep of the house and to follow the same uh, regulations and rules that I would have before, property taxes and maintenance and and repairing things that break and, and making sure that it's kept up in the same manner as when I had the contract. But I don't have to actually make the payments to the contract anymore because I've actually fulfilled the contract. It doesn't mean... Oh, I can just stop doing everything else because it doesn't matter anymore. I've made the payments. No, I still have to upkeep maintenance, property taxes, uh, proper care of the painting and the siding and the shingles and all of these things. And if I stop doing that, even though that I've paid it off and the contract is null and void, it's been fulfilled, not null and void, but fulfilled. It's still a valid document. The house is going to go into disrepair, and it's going to fall apart. I understand what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yes. So I fulfilled it, but I still have to live by the code that is set up in order to upkeep the house. Okay. Well, what does he mean by this, do you think? I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. I think it means that it's still there. God is a covenant God. He's made covenants. It means, so thou shall not kill. Okay. Is that over? No, it's not over. You should respect your parents. Yes, you should. Is that over? Uh, No, it isn't. I mean, if you look at the world, it seems to be, but it's not. Correct. (laughs) That law still applies. You shouldn't steal. Correct. Is that over? No, it isn't. Hmm. So are these things passed away? We still live by them. Even people that claim to be against God still adhere to this as being a moral truth. Even okay. in societies that completely disregard that there is a God, uh, have severe punishments for disrespecting your parents, for stealing, right, for murder. Mm-hmm. Even in some of the cultures that you would you would never even think it has a moral code at all. They still follow these. So what does it mean when it says uh, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved? So after God's purpose is achieved, there is no more law? What is God's purpose? God's purpose is for um, his son to come back and him, his son to take the believers back to heaven and there to be a thousand year reign on earth and eternity in his eternity presence. in his presence and 
the ones that are separated from God are in damnation and the ones who are, are with God are in glory forever. That's so the purpose point. of God is to bring all of his people into his plan. Correct. I think the heaven, the new heaven and new earth. We don't have to worry about breaking the law because we wouldn't do it. Well. Well, because there is no law to break. There won't be any sin. There won't be any. He casts that all away. It's all perfect. And so at that point, I can't tell you exactly how it's going to go. Right. But I think that's when everything is completed. That's when it is done. And he's going to create a new creation for us to be a part of. Because I would say that there's no sin in heaven. So that's why there's no law in heaven. Because there's no reason for a law that when you don't have any sin and you don't have any evil. Right. That's, that's probably what he means, I guess. So nothing on earth, because there still has to be a law. There still has to be a right and a wrong. There still has to be a choice because we're not in the new age yet. We're not in this coming age where everything is made new and all sorrow is wiped away. We still live in a place where Satan is actually ruling on earth. He's still here. Clearly he is. If you look at what's going on in the in the Middle East and Israel right now, Satan is still here. Yeah. And so there's still a choice to be made. There's still a battle that's raging on. Even though the victory is God's, the victory is won through Jesus, we're still fighting. We're still fighting this spiritual war that is not done until the day of completion when he says it is done. Just as it in Revelation, and we read through that so many months ago, and at the very, very end, seems the words like a long are said, time ago now. Yeah, it does seem like a long time ago now. But he says, it is done. It is done. He said, it's finished on the cross, and when the age is over, he'll say, it is done. And all of it will be made new. Yeah, and he does say that the law is important because he says, but anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Right. Now, I think you have to be careful with that because we can get into the same checklist that the Pharisees had. Right. We have the, the same mindset of the religious spirit that if I look good enough, at least I will be, uh, I'll make it. I'll earn my way. I'll, I'll find salvation through the checklist that is uh, 98% complete. You know, I at least, I missed this one thing, but uh, I've made at least the rest of them. And so I should be good, right? And that's a dangerous place to be because it's not about checking the box. God has a way of life that is, is life. It's real life. It's not just breathing and surviving and waking up every day and, and, not having any joy or any fulfillment, his life is life and his plan is better. And it's about faith. It's about faith in him. It's about relationship with, uh, with God. It's about relying on the Holy Spirit to lead me through these hard times and to be the strength that I need when I obviously can't do it on my own. And without that faith, I'm, I'm just going through the motions and that's where it gets really dangerous. Well, do you feel like a lot of American churches have gone to the pharisaical Sadducee type of teaching? 
I think I think humanity has for sure, and yes, it is in the church. Unfortunately, um, it's in all religions, but we've ad- we we haven't necessarily been innocent of getting away from it as a church as a whole either, because there is a lot of the um, there's a lot of the law, quote unquote, type of mentality in how we look in church. Right. Well, and I, I really don't like the word religion per se. I, I feel like that's like mankind's way of getting to God and relationship is God's way of getting to mankind. And when you start calling things religion, you're getting away and that's like rules and regulations and the to-do list. And when you're talking about relationships, like that's spending time with the Lord and accepting him into your life and having a relationship with him. And then whatever the commandments or the law is, is secondary to that. So it's, it's a different way of living, you know, and the, the Shema is like, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength and all your, all your will. Right. And then in love your neighbor as yourself. And those are the two greatest commandments. So if you keep those two, that's that's the right. law. That's the basically the law that you need to know. That's what Jesus says. And everything everything kind of falls in line behind that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge deal. You'll fulfill all the law and the prophets if you do these two things. Huh. It makes it very simple. Yeah, and I th- and I like that because I like things simple. I don't like the heart, I don't like four hundred and fifty seven laws. It's I, the heart of God. It's the heart. I just want your heart. Just come to me, just follow me, just be with me, and let me be the one who leads you as a good father. Like if you if you have a, an example of a good father and a child, you lead them to the best thing for their life. You try to guide them as they grow. You try to keep them from harm. You try to show them the things that are going to be damaging down the road. You show them uh, the best things for them in our limited broken way as, as human fathers, but he's a good father. And he says, just let me lead you your whole life. Let me guide you and walk with you and, and I'll show you what's best. And this is it. This is counter world. This is counter cultural. This is counter, uh, human is love your neighbor as yourself or the, or the beatitudes that Jesus just went through. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are uh, the peacemakers. Blessed are all these things is totally upside down from what the world teaches. And he's saying just, this is a better way. Follow this way. Am I saying this in a way that makes sense? No, you're making perfect sense. And so really, it's about faith that God knows what's better for us, even though the Horrible ways of living through the world are a lot easier and a lot more self-gratifying than the way God wants us to live. And so it's so much easier to just run back to this all the time. Okay, well, why do you think that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, this might be getting a little off topic, but maybe not, <laughs> rejected Jesus then? Do you, Because they, he was against the status quo and the way they were doing things they were satisfied with? And I, that... And they liked to have the glory themselves. And then when he came along, he was stealing their thunder and so what. And other people were were saying, oh, 
he's teaching something different than what you are. Well, I think so. I've uh, tried. What to, was their What was their biggest gripe? Would you say that he was trying to go against the law? So let's think well, about but he, this. He wasn't really though. Not in the reality of what it was set up to be. But Israel had been given the law, and they continued to break it throughout the history of the Old Testament. Right. Okay. So they continued to break it. They would walk away from God. They they worshipped other gods, idols. They did all the things that God said not to do through the law. Correct. And then they were exiled, lost their territory, were were essentially enslaved by Babylon, and and they left Egypt, had everything given to them, and were sent back into exile because they disobeyed the law. They didn't see it as they disobeyed the relationship with God. God lived with them. His presence was central to their city. Can you imagine seeing the presence of God in the middle of our town? Like seeing it. Yeah, and, and like, still not hey, doing what he said. There's God. He's right yeah, there. Yeah, and still not doing what he said. And, and then he still leaves. Yeah. His presence gets up and leaves because they're disobeying. And then he sends them into exile. So then when they get sent back to rebuild the temple... They get sent back into their territory. They're given back Jerusalem by God. They say, we will never again disobey your law because your law was what you gave us and we want to honor that again. Right. And so it was about obeying the law, but God had, had gone silent. It wasn't the way it was before. They didn't have the prophets. Up until John showed back up, it was... We're just going to do this and hope that we can have this back until the Messiah comes. And so they had their expectations of the things that had been written. Their expectations of a Messiah were going to free them from oppression of Rome. They were going to be completely blessed and free as they were again in the time of David and Solomon. And so they were following the law. And here comes this guy that says, you got it all wrong, guys. And it's not about what... I, it's not about this kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is out of this world. And they're going, who are you? And so in their defense, I guess, playing devil's advocate, they were actually trying to adhere to what they thought God wanted from them, but they missed the part of the relationship. And so it doesn't make sense because, again, it's like it's upside down. It's completely backwards. It's opposite of what you expect from a worldly standpoint or even what they had experienced in the past. That's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. No, I'm completely in lockstep with you, and you couldn't have said it better than, I don't know, anybody. So that, that was amazing. But... I think I think they thought I that they were doing right. I just think that it's I'm still hung up on what the what the the least commandment is. So I guess it really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> Maybe that's not important. I don't know that we're going to get that exact answer. Um I'm going through Romans here and there is one point where where uh as this letter is being written, it talks exactly about the law 
and and what it is, how Israel fell short in adhering to the law. And it talks about um, right here in verse nine, it's chapter nine, verse 30. Okay. And, and he, he says, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, which is us, we're the Gentiles, that is a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it was based on works. So God didn't set this up necessarily as a works-based law either. It was still he wanted them to have faith in him. Faith that he would rescue them in the middle of the Red Sea. Faith that he would free them from an oppressor like Egypt without them actually having to go to war for themselves. God did all the fighting. That he would feed them when there was no food. That he would provide water out of rocks. That he wanted them to be his people and he to be their God. The whole thing was set up for faith in him. If you think about what the law actually told them to do, and I can look at this, and it's probably a very Western way of looking at it, and it could be, again, completely wrong because I'm not Hebrew and I'm not an Eastern uh, cultural person, but all the things God put in the law were things that they would have had no idea of knowing, like the skin diseases. He's very specific about what to do if certain skin diseases would show up. Right. This is how you treat it. This is how you would. Um, this is how you would get well. This is how you make sure that it doesn't spread to the other millions of people that are going to be around you. This is how you take care of it. And it's not to ostracize this person. It's not to shame this person. It's to help treat this person so that they can become well. But yet. It became a works-based thing where if you had this, we're going to cast you out, make sure that you aren't accepted and you will never be around a person again instead of treating them the way that it was, that it, that it was told to be. They had no idea how to do that. There was no physicians that had seen some of these things. How about the whole food deal? Why don't you eat pork that's undercooked? Well, you don't want to get trichinosis. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a horrible thing. The word trichinosis wasn't uh, wasn't around there, you know, 2000 BC. You wouldn't have had any idea what it is. This person's just going crazy. <laughs> God says, just stay but away God, from it. God knew the word trichinosis. Just stay away from it. He told them how to cook meat. Why? So that you wouldn't get sick. He told them all these things. Don't eat shrimp because they're bottom feeders, and those they eat, <laughs> they eat they eat feces, and that's not good for you. It, Don't eat that. And and all of these things, if you look at it, was almost like I'm trying to keep you well. I'm trying to keep you healthy. I'm trying to keep you. I'm 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 trying to help you out. And if I had faith that this was the best thing for me, I could have seen it as more than just I have to do this or else. All my questions are answered. <laughs> I don't. I, so it goes back to Jesus says. Isn't I Mike amazing? Uh, <laughs> you know, stop it. Yes, you are. Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to say that it was all pointless. I came to fulfill 
the law and ultimately to pay the price that you can't pay. Because at the very, very beginning of the story, it is, if you disobey me, God says, you will surely die. And what is death? Separation from God. The East, the Hebrew understanding of death is Spirit, not just, spiritual death. Yeah, it's a death that is a death that is a death. It's not just you don't. Dying it's not going physically. to. It's not going to sleep and never waking up. It's separation from yes. the Creator of the world, the one who gives me breath and gives eternal me life. agony. And Jesus right. paid that price. He was the perfect sacrifice, the fulfillment of the sacrificial system, which was set up in the law. He was the perfect human man who stepped into our place rather than a sheep or a goat, which could never atone and bring remission for sin. It was just a, a temporary fix as a sacrificial system with the blood of the goats and the lambs and the birds and all the things. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And fulfilled it. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he still wants a faith-based relationship, a faith in Jesus now, faith in Jesus that through him all things are made right, and I am brought into the presence of the Father because of him. And as a byproduct of your faith in Jesus, then you should obey his commandments that he gave you. Love the Lord your God. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it okay. brings about a desire to be the light of the world, as we read in the last path, the last point, as it were, quote unquote. It, it is, you are the light of the world. Well, I am the light of the world because I have his spirit living in me, shining out of me, that shows everyone who God is and draws them to a desire to want to know him too. I couldn't agree more. So... Uh, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this one today, listeners. Mike is amazing. I think he did a brilliant job today. Thank Matt, you, you're Mike. Amazing. You're more amazing. Oh, stop. I love being your sidekick. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's awesome. <laughs> Put a quarter in him and watch him go. Boom. He just doesn't stop. <laughs> he doesn't just stop. Just keeps going, and going and going and going. <laughs> <laughs> but our time's almost out, so we're going to give you a break, and we shall see you next time. God bless you. God we bless you all. You. Love you all. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at mikematrealthings at gmail.com on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.